Well, good morning. I'm so happy to be with you this morning, and I hope you've had a good day already. Uh, we have just gotten back from going to our early service, and then our international service, and then our Hispanic service. And I have to tell you, uh, when we talk about the idea that we're going to be talking about the next few weeks, replicate, uh, it is a fresh reminder of what it really means to replicate and multiply uh, ministries where people hear and, and know about Jesus Christ. It's been a blessing. I have missed worship in this venue. I missed it this morning uh, for the first time in a long time. I know you all have had a great time together, and I appreciate our worship team. I appreciate our choir and all those that give leadership. Give them a hand, would you, because they do a phenomenal job every week. That's part of why uh, I missed it this morning, because it's been such a great thing. And today we launched some great things today across the board. We launched a new curriculum for our preschool children and our student ministry. Um, and that's really been a great jump, a great leap in the biblical depth of what we're teaching the next generation. That's a huge, huge priority. And preschoolers moved into a new area where all of our preschoolers and when building, lots of work has gone into that. Uh, it's, it's exciting to see our church becoming more family friendly in some of those physical geographical ways as well as uh, some of the other. So as we start our new series today, uh, I want to talk to you just a little bit about the call of Christ and the first aspect of that, come and see. Please take your Bibles. And turn to John chapter 1 today and stand with me as we read God's Word together, beginning in verse 35. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 35. And we're going to be talking about the call of Christ, and I'm going to be elaborating on five different calls that Christ makes on each of our lives. And over the next five weeks, we'll focus on that. Then on September 16th, five weeks from today, we have a replicate event that evening on the 16th at 5 p.m. And that replicate event is putting it all together. What does it mean to hear the cause of Christ and actually begin to live those out? What does it mean for you as an individual, you as a leader, or you as a new believer? What does that mean to replicate the life of Christ? So we begin looking at John chapter 1, beginning in verse 35. John the Baptist is making Jesus known. He is proclaiming that Christ is about to go public, about to be seen, to be known uh, for who he really is. John has already, in verse 29, made the proclamation where he saw Jesus coming to him and makes the statement, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Everybody is now starting to look at Jesus for the first time. And here's what we read in verse 35. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and ye will see. That's a key phrase. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour or about 4 p.m. in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Father, in Jesus' name, we have this text and this unfolding of witness. And today I pray that all of us will hear the phrase, come and see and look at it differently than we ever have before. To understand how personal it is, how intimate it is, how powerful the phrase come and see is. And for those that have never come to see you for who you really are, I ask you today to reveal yourself 
for the first time. We ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Please be seated. I remember a few years ago, a woman coming to me who was a mature lady that had been involved in teaching for many years. And she was a teacher in a school as well as a teacher in our church. And she said to me, have you ever heard my story? And I said, no, tell me your story. She said, well, I love teaching and I love communicating information. I, I equally love the Bible and I love to teach the Bible. But she said, I, I loved and taught the Bible for years before I realized I had never come to know Christ. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, it was a few years before you came that I realized I had never taken the first step of coming and examining Jesus for who he says he is and embracing him as Lord and Savior. And I'd gotten involved in the church and I'd gotten involved even in teaching because I love the history of the Bible. I love the culture of the Bible. I love to talk about these different principles in the Bible. But I realized I had never come to respond to the first call that Christ gave me, which is to come and see him, to see him for who he really is. He said, he said, I'd never touched first base before I went on around the rest of the bases. It was an amazing statement. She said, after I came to Christ, everything began to be very different. The, the whys were different. The, the reasons why I did what I did were very different, but my life dramatically was transformed just because I went back to first base, Go, went back to the place of understanding who Jesus really is and what it meant to really follow him. Church people can play church without ever having come to know Christ as he really is. And today, I want to appeal to you to hear the invitation to come and see. Over the next five weeks, we'll look at five different statements that Jesus made. I want to show you a graph that you'll see frequently, but I want you to pay attention just to the left side of this graph for just a few moments because there you find the five statements that are in bold print that Jesus issued to his disciples that they each followed completely. The first is come and see, which we'll look at today. The second one is follow me, which is a deeper level of what it means to be a follower of Christ. The third one is abide in me, where Jesus begins to talk to them about learning everything they can about him and his presence is with them and with us perpetually. The next one is to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me daily. Luke chapter 9, verse 27, where Jesus issues that call. And the last one is one we're very familiar with. Go and make disciples of the world. Did you know that you're called to all five, but you can only respond to all five having responded to the first one first? Come and see. And John 1 is all about that opening moment where Jesus is telling people, come and see. If you look back in verse 36 and then look again in verse 39, you'll see these words. John the Baptist says, behold. In verse 29, he says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Then in verse 39, he uses that word again. And the two men who were following him that decided to follow Jesus were so uh, attracted by the passion behind that that they went to follow Jesus. And then in verse 39, when they asked Jesus where he's staying, he says, come and see. Let me just say from the very beginning, we have been invited to look and see and perceive and understand who Jesus is. It's your first invite, and it's a great invite. The word behold in the Greek uh, was revealed to me a few years ago by Spiro Zodiades. Every time he said the word behold, his face would light up and he would give this, this huge expression of joy, behold. And he said it was a word that meant that all your attention could be focused in that one direction because what you were about to see 
took precedence over everything else. Behold, behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. And that word behold sticks in my heart and mind because this is the command, not to glance and not to just casually look over at where Jesus is, but actually give him your full attention with full examination with all of the details that you look at him through the lens of your experience, through the lens of Scripture. It's an, it's an opportunity and an invitation to examine Christ fully because he wants you to know him. Who ever heard of that? A leader who wants you to examine him. A leader who wants you to know him intimately. And it's a universal call. And it wasn't just a call where they were to go and look at Jesus up and down as though they were just examining him physically. His stature, his size, or what he looked like. The length of his hair, the color of his eye. That's not what this was about. In fact, the Bible makes it very plain in all the revelation about Jesus that he was not someone that was comely to look at, especially on the way to the cross. It was not Jesus' physical appearance that they were called to examine, but it was who he was and what he said and how he works. Come and look. Come and see what he says. Come and see how he aligns with the God of the Old Testament, with the Scripture's prophecy about this man, the Messiah. Come and see. I have to tell you today, you have the same invitation that you are given as you began to consider Christ. It's an invitation for you to see him through his word and through his work. What does he say? What does he do? And you're called to come and see. That's a great invitation. It's a phenomenal invitation. It's an invitation where the implication is if you will come and look, he will reveal himself to you in a supernatural way. One of my favorite books and now one of my favorite movies is The Case for Christ. And I think one of the reasons that I like that book so much is because uh, I know some of the history of Lee Strobel. His wife became a believer of Jesus Christ and he was a reporter, an investigative reporter for the Chicago Tribune. And he doubted his wife's faith and he doubted the source of his wife's faith. He saw her life change, but he was intrigued by that, a little bit angered by that, and in some ways jealous of the fact that she had this love for Jesus Christ and he had revealed himself to her and this man, Lee Strobel, did not know him. And so he set out to disprove the claims of Christ, the prophecies of Christ, the sayings of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. He set out to disprove them all, but in the end, he was convinced by the reality of the truth behind Christ's claims, the reality of the resurrection, the reality of his risen life. And Lee Strobel's story is a story that says this. Christ is willing to be doubted, willing to be examined, willing to be tested. And if you will do that, he will show you who he really is. There are those that say, I have intellectual doubts about Christ. Investigate him. Come and see. There are those who wonder whether the scripture really lines up about the prophecy of the Messiah. Investigate the scripture. Come and see. There are those who are wondering about whether Jesus can really fulfill the promises that he makes us. Come and see. There are those who wonder, will I really be accepted and really be forgiven? Will I really, will I really be able to turn over a new leaf and have a brand new life? Come and see. That's the open invitation that began at the very beginning. Unless you come and see, unless you are personally convinced and convicted, you cannot really go any further with Christ until you come and see. And when you read this text, you'll find that several of these that were responding had doubts. Nathaniel, 
in verse 44, 5 and 6 said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? I mean, Jesus is from Nazareth. How can anybody good come out of Nazareth? It's a question of doubt, a question of wondering, is he for real? Is he not? But the reality is, Jesus would be doubted, but will also convince you that he is for real. And you may be a doubter today. You may have some questions, but I encourage you, it's okay. Because when you come and examine Jesus openly and truthfully, he will reveal who he really is. He will let you come and see him for who he is. How many of you in this room remember when you first began to examine the claims of Christ for the very first time? You knew about Jesus. You knew about what he did on the cross. But you personally came to the place of saying, I want to know for real, is Jesus really real? Would you raise your hand if you remember that moment? I mean, those are great moments for us where everything in the Bible all of a sudden becomes personal, where it becomes real. Instead of just hearing about Jesus and knowing about Jesus, all of a sudden we're knowing him and we're knowing his words. And as time goes on, we respond to Jesus with what we know about him. But as time goes on, every new thing he shares with us, every new demand he makes on our life, every deeper sacrifice he calls us to, we're willing to do that because we've come and seen him in reality on first base for the first time. When people ask me, how do I know that I've responded to Jesus as Lord and Savior? I say this, we say yes to Jesus as we know him now. And then we say yes to him as he shows us in the future. That's how we know that we're really followers of the Lord. We've said yes to all we know, maybe as a young child. But as we grow older, Christ makes more and more demands on our lives in a good way. And he begins to lead us deeper into a walk with him. And we just keep saying yes and yes, and yes, because we've come and seen him in the first place as being the Lord and Savior. But I want you to know today, this is also a story where it's an invitation to be seen. In verse 42, Jesus says, I know you, Cephas, and I'm going to call you by your new name, Cephas or Peter. And uh, later on in that text, he said to Nathaniel, I've known you, I knew you, and I saw you seated beneath the tree before I ever got here. Jesus is saying to Simon and to Nathaniel, I have known you, I've accepted you, and I've loved you long before you responded to me. My love pours out towards you. All you need to do is respond well to that. I love to tell stories about my wife. Some of you may know this or may not know this, that every time I give an illustration about my wife, I have to take her out to eat. So it's a really good deal for her. I'll never forget when I saw her for the first time, and I mean really saw her. I had seen her, but there was a snowball fight. I tell this story all the time, and I was about to smash her with a snowball, and she looked up at me helpless because this thing was going to really come at her, right? And she smiled at me, and when she smiled, it melted my heart and the snowball at the same time. That's what I say. As that, that, that moment, I thought, this is an opportune moment. Would you like to go out and eat pizza after the game tomorrow night? And she said, yes. And what she said when she said yes was, I want to know you. I was saying, I want to know you. And as we began to talk, this idea of wanting to know and wanting to be known, wanting to learn to walk together, wanting to know what it was like to experience a little bit of life with her brought me incredible joy. We've been married 40 years now, and we still have great joy. I'm thankful for that. Thank you. Amen. 
The experience of coming to see Christ and knowing Christ is like a great human relationship multiplied a million times. Because as good as relationships can potentially be on planet Earth, the vertical relationship you have with God through the Son, Jesus Christ, is amazing beyond anything you can know. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see that He's God. Come and see that He's Savior. Come and see that He's Lord. Come and see that He's friend. Come and see that He is wisdom. Come and see that whatever you need, He can meet that need by His power. Come and see. And if you haven't come and seen Jesus, the invitation to you is still open for you to come and see. So this is an invitation to you. But it's also in this text an invitation through you. It's in verse 41 that Andrew says to Simon, come and see. It's in verse 46 that Nathaniel gets an invitation through Philip. You see, what, what happens with this come and see is those who meet Jesus want to introduce other people to Jesus. See the progression in the verses, verses 41 and following. Andrew's invitation comes through John the Baptist, come and see. Simon's invitation comes through Andrew after he sees. Nathaniel's invitation comes through Philip. He was personally called by Jesus. Invites come through us. People who are found by Jesus bring other people to Jesus. And how awesome it is that Andrew and Nathaniel immediately go. Andrew first goes to his own brother. That's an incredible priority. He first goes to his own brother and he says, I want you to come and see what I've seen. I care about you so much. And what I've seen is so amazing. You must come and see Jesus. That's how lives are changed. Those of us who have been changed by Christ come and invite others closest to us first to come. Not too long ago in our loved one focus, which we continue to focus on as individuals, one of our church members, Trey, invited his father. And I want you to see the video again as a refresher of what it means for someone to say, come and see to someone close to them. Watch Trey, watch his dad on the video. Hi, my name is Trey Chavez and I chose my dad as my loved one. Hi, my name is Chuck, I'm Trey's dad and my life was totally changed this past Easter. When we started the Love One series, it was, it was a great opportunity for the whole church to come together and to say, hey, I wanna, I wanna pick this one person, you know, who I wanna, I wanna invest in, I wanna pray for, someone who doesn't go to church and someone who doesn't really have a strong relationship with Christ. And the first person that I thought of was, was my dad. My dad has always been the, the great role model and male father figure in my life, my whole life, and there's nobody else I would rather have as my dad. But as far as a spiritual leader, um, I didn't see that in him. So we were in the, in the service and my dad had left uh, probably a little bit more than halfway through and then he ended up not coming back. And I was just like, where's he at? Once we finished praying, I went to the back and I saw him standing in the back with Kent and I just see Kent grinning and my dad crying and I'm like, what's going on? So after the uh, Easter ceremony, I uh, reached out to Kent and uh, asked Kent if he and my son would baptize me. And Ken asked me, so why do you want to? And I told him, I said, I firmly believe that I need Jesus back in my life and, and I want to be baptized. If it wasn't for my son, I honestly believe that I would not have found my way back to the church and to Jesus. So I think it's, it's a life-changing feeling. Um, 
I, I talk about it all day at work. I've told people, you know, hey, you know, I'm getting baptized because I'm proud of it. And my prayer is that we would continue to grow, that he would continue to keep coming to church, that he would to keep growing, get connected, to just not lose the, the drive that he has now, so. I won't. I love the last part of that video where he looks over and said, I will. That's right. Well, let me just tell you, to come and see is what we say to people around us. Incidentally, to come and see from John the Baptist uh, was behold, as was mentioned a moment ago, to come and see from all these individuals is the same word. Come and look and examine and evaluate. You won't find anything like Jesus in all the world. Come and see. It's so important. Now, we know that Jesus is not physically there in the same way that when they came and examined Jesus, it was not just his physical stature they were looking for. In fact, it wasn't that at all. It was, who is he? So when you invite people to come and see Jesus, it's not to come and see a picture of Jesus or a physical representation of Jesus, but it's come to see his word and come to see his work. It's important for us to know this and make note. So often, we let people know as believers in Jesus Christ, what we're against, we don't always tell them what we're for. And when we tell them what we're for, they're really likely to want to know who is it that inspires what you're for? Who is it that you follow that makes you for that? So our come and see can't just be about what we believe, but what we are becoming. It's got to be about the transformation that's happening in our life. Come and see what Jesus is doing in my life. Come and see what the Lord is doing in my family. Come and see what he's doing in my neighborhood. Come and see. We're for life transformation. And we're for people who give their lives to Jesus and follow the Lord in believer's baptism. We're for helping others as we go out into the community, as we help others who are rebuilding homes and handing out backpacks and doing all the things that help us show compassion, we're for compassion and helping others. For the compassion for the hurting people, we reach out a hand to them, we bless them, we touch them. We're praying, we're for praying for God to work around us as we gather together corporately to pray, as we sit down with individuals who need prayer one-on-one. -on -one. We're for prayer and the answering of prayer by God. We're for understanding God's truth as we open the Bible up, as we read the Word of God together, as we understand the Word of God together. We're for biblical truth. We're for the next generation as people gather to pour truth into our children, into the preschoolers, into the student ministry, all those in the next generation. We're for them. And we're for each other. We're for those that we can reach out and hug or give a hand to or urge forward. Your invitation to people is come and see what God is doing. Come and see how God is working. Come and see how God answers prayer. Come and see how God reveals truth. Come and see. That's what those early disciples did. They learned to say, come and see. Have you ever thought about this? Today's invitation is tomorrow's harvest. Because as you invite someone to come and see, those are the seeds that God will use to bring their faith to maturity to bring them to the place of seeing Jesus like we see Jesus. A recent survey, the most recent survey I have, said that 70% of people surveyed said that they'd be open to attend church if personally invited. They will attend 
at dinner in your home. They will come to church. They will come to your small group. They will come to an opportunity where we're ministering to our community. So come and see. Bring them. Invite them. Be a bringer. It's everyone's job, and it's, it's something that everyone can do to come and see. And it's important for us to remember that people come to Christ today through us, not to us, not by us, but through our invitation to people. And it says it right there. John 1 started the pattern of one individual saying to another individual, come and see, be a bringer. Bring people to know Jesus. Now that's something that everyone in the room can do. Every one of us can hear the call of Christ and every one of us can extend the call of Christ to others. And I wanna ask you today, have you responded to his come and see? I want you to bow your head across the room if you would for just a moment. And I want you to consider the question, come and see. And I wanna ask you this today of great importance. Have you ever come and examined Jesus to find out who he really is, to find out if he's the one he says he is, if he can fulfill every promise and every prophecy that's been given. And have you then embraced him as Lord and Savior? Have you come and seen that he's for real? I'm gonna ask our counselors to come to the front right now. We're gonna have a very brief invitation over these next couple of moments, but it's an important one. The come and see for those who've already come and seen that Christ is real is an invitation to Ask others to come and see. And I want to urge you on your way home today to think of who that is that you need to be bringing, that you need to be inviting. But over these next few moments as we stand, this invitation is also, have you come to see Jesus as real? Have you given your life to him? Have you gone to first base and let him be Savior and Lord of your life by placing your faith and trust in him? Would you stand with me as we stand across the room? The piano was playing quietly. We won't be singing, but we'll be praying. And all across the room, would you pray that maybe even just one person, maybe more, whoever it is, that has never taken that first step. Somehow they're in church. Somehow they're involved. Somehow they're aware of what Christianity is all about, but they've never come and seen Jesus for who he really is. And as the piano comes, just be bold enough, courageous enough to step out from wherever you are. And walk forward. Come and see Jesus. That's the invitation we make to you right now. Would you come? Well, we wait. Come and see. Father, give courage to those today who need to make this very, very important first decision. Help them know their need. Help to know there are others here that are waiting to talk, waiting to pray. Father, today let no one leave this place without having responded to your invite to come and see. Work in our hearts right now in Jesus' name. We continue to wait. We continue to allow you to have time to respond. What an important crossroads in a person's life. Father, I thank you tonight 
that you have given us really marching orders to the church to come and see, to give that invitation to come and see to those around us. And Father, help us to be mindful of all those that have yet to come to you that are in our sphere of influence, maybe family members, maybe neighbors. But Lord, help us to be as bold as Andrew, as Philip, and all these who were beginning to follow you, Lord. Father, thank you for the privilege of planting those seeds of the gospel in their lives. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.